0: Welcome to Ben Navarres Podcast with your host, Ben Navarres.
1: Howdy and welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Mr. Nick Comodina, I believe. Is that, is that how you say it? Sweet. Oh, correct. Um, Nick, I just found on. Instagram while I was wanting to, to find some more guests and ended up messaging and he messaged back. So, um, he is also in the fitness space. And then I liked what he was, is his content, uh, about entrepreneurship and, um, fitness and stuff. But honestly, I, I really don't know who Nick is. And so, um, I know he has a podcast, right? And so, um, <laughs> head, headstrong. Um, and so if you can just Nick introduce, who, who are you, Nick?
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate the introduction. Um, Just a, a quick correction. I'm actually not in the fitness industry really. Okay. I started in the fitness industry. I was in the fitness industry for about almost 10 years. I was a personal trainer. Then I owned my own gym for about three and a half years. And then I closed that down and did online coaching for about the last four and a half, five. And now I work dominantly with entrepreneurs. So my main, my main, my main uh, audience now that I work with are entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, and I help them understand their purpose. You know, practice self mastery, learn how to invest themselves into the proper things that can help them grow and scale their business and reach the people that they're supposed to reach.
1: How did that go from fitness into that?
0: Well, I started fitness coaching. Well, I started learning a lot about fitness out of spite because there was a personal trainer at my gym who was kind of a dick to me when I asked him for advice and like made me try to charge me for a session. So I said, fuck you. I'll just learn everything myself, basically. And I learned a lot. And then I started helping people and I started getting paid for it. And I said, hmm, I'm pretty good at this. And so that segued and eventually, you know, turned into this multi million dollar company. And I realized that. I actually really realized this last year that the way I always coached my fitness clients was more of a self-mastery, personal development, leadership development in their own lives, and their own businesses outside of fitness. And as a byproduct of all of that coaching, they were winning bodybuilding shows. So I convinced myself that I was this fitness coach who also did that style of coaching instead of looking at it from a different scope and asking Mike Walsh, after asking myself, is this actually my main scope of genius, and I'm just using fitness coaching as a comfortable way to deliver it. And how I was. do you
1: make how, how do you make a personal training business into a multi million dollar business?
0: Well, a lot of blood, sweat, tears, mistakes. <laughs> it uh, you know, it started just personal training people at a high school football or at a high school football track. You know. And you know, it's not the most professional thing when you get to a high school track and the gates closed and your client's got to jump a 15-foot fence for you to train them on some turf. But we got it done. Yeah. I eventually worked under another man at a, at his gym. Uh, it was probably the worst the worst environment I've ever been in, the worst boss I've ever been under. is extremely abusive mentally. And eventually, he fired all of us, so I had no choice but to kind of go start my own gym. So we opened up a gym, started training our clients out of there, and then I started, I, I went to a a uh, the Arnold Expo, actually. And I met up with a couple influencers, and two of them asked me to coach them online for a show. I was like, well, I've never done that before. I did it, and one of them went on to win her pro card that season, the other one did really well. And just their progress yeah. and their results, people started listening. People started getting, I started getting people's attention. And, you know, eventually hired my first coach and then the second coach and then the third coach and then the fourth coach and then the fifth coach. And eventually you turn around and there's this company doing three, four million dollars a year. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I would.
1: It, it sounds, you know, like, like a, like a normal scale, but I mean, it's also like I've been in fitness for a while now and it, it seems so far fetched for me to, to think about a, having A multi-million-dollar fitness company. I always look at gyms and I always look at at personal training as like a, as kind of a side gig, if you will. It's Mm -hmm. like I mean, you can make some good money in it, sure. I mean, I worked at a country club, and so I could I could see that in that space you can make money. And then also in the commercial realm, you can also make some good good money. But I always in my mind thought that there was no money in fitness.
0: Yeah, well, I think there's money anywhere you know how to look. I think there's money in doing something ordinary extraordinary extraordinarily well. Not to say that people who aren't extraordinary can't make good money, but I think again, when when you look at at least this was this was the truth for me, was I believe that the reason our company was so successful was because of how much we put into the culture, how much we took we put into the personal development and the leadership development of every client that we had. We coached a lot of coaches. We had a lot lot of fitness coaches who coached underneath us because they wanted to learn how we ran the community. So it just started becoming this this massive culture of people who wanted to come in because they knew how they were going to develop and how they could take that into their own lives. So now that's just what I do full-time for people is help them do that.
1: So an entrepreneur just comes to you and says, hey, I need help, and you are coaching them through their business development.
0: You could say that. Yeah. I, I, I have a really hard time calling myself a business coach. I just I just for some reason that it just makes makes my balls itch thinking about something like that. It doesn't it doesn't really sit well with me. Uh, I, I prefer yeah. the term mentor just because I feel that that gives me enough free range to do whatever I need to do with the person to to help them. But there are people who come to me and they want to start a business. And they say, you know, I'm sick of, I'm sick of working a nine to five, I'm sick of the rat race, I'm sick of feeling miserable and having self-doubt and I have all these limiting beliefs and w- whatever it may be. And sometimes, you know, they'll start with me and we'll be three months in and we haven't done a single thing for business. Because there's there's steps you need to get through in order to be able to fortify yourself to be able to uphold a business that you create. Otherwise, you're gonna lose it. So if I if I scale somebody to a million-dollar business, and we haven't scaled them to be a million dollar leader, they're just going to self-sabotage it and they're going to lose it. And now they're going to be even more depressed and then even more stressed and even more unsure of themselves. And the probability of them bouncing back again after that is very low. So a lot of times the path that we need to take isn't necessarily the path that we want to take. So when somebody comes to me and says, Hey, Nick, I want your help. I say, cool. Are you willing to, you know, drop the ego and, and, except that there might be some different questions we need to be asking yourself first before we just start jumping straight in and making more money.
1: What are some, some character things? I always look at, I need to learn more about Excel, right? I need, I need to get better at understanding how, uh, how to read a P and L, but it sounds like it's, it's a lot of the character things that are built. And I I think through fitness a lot of times that you are, that you're looking at, and, and obviously a mentor, you look at all these things, but what are some, some character traits that you find a lot of people can come in with that maybe restrict them from their success?
0: I think that that's, I think it's actually a very vast list. I think it would be easier to almost give you the list of the character traits that people have that are successful. Because I think you can you can pretty much dictate whether or not, or you can dictate how successful is going to be on one, how much power they're willing to give outside world. Basically the the story in which they give the power of, Oh, well, this happened. So therefore I can't do that. Or I can't sign up right now because this is happening or I'm in debt right now. Once I get out of debt, then I, the amount of times I hear people say that to me, Oh, well right now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in so much debt. So once I get out of debt, then I can, then I'll probably be back. And I'm like, the fact that you're in debt's the exact reason we should be doing this right now. Because all that's going to happen is you're going to spend the next two years getting out of debt. It's probably not going to work. And then two years down the road, you're going to go, man, I'm even more in a hole than I was. Now I really need Nick's help. And then you're going to reach out. My prices are going to have tripled. And that's the circle. So I think that, one, you're going to need to see people who do don't, or okay, the people who aren't successful are the ones who are always giving more power to their outside circumstances than themselves. There's always a reason, there's always an excuse, there's always a you don't understand, my story's harder, and it's not. I uh, There's, the, the fact of the fact is that facts are dictated by people, they're not dictated by the facts. So you can have two people with the same fact and have two completely different realities that stem from those, you know? I like that. I was born in a trailer park, it was just me and my mom, it was $300 a month rent we didn't have much I you know I, I grew up very frugal there was nobody in my nobody in my family who was business oriented goal-oriented driven I, I didn't have that influence I had to develop it myself but it can be very easy to say oh well, i've I've never gone up there I've been scarce my whole life my whole family's poor there's no way I can do this I just didn't I had a, I had a different reality than somebody else you know there's there's kids I grew up with in my trailer park who died at 22, I think he died uh, with a heroin overdose. Same trailer park. We live right next to each other. So how can that same reality or how can that same fact dictate two different realities? And it comes down to the choices that we make. A lot of people don't want to hear that because that can be really triggering to say, hey, your your life is exactly where it is because of the choices you have or have not made.
1: And at what point did you... Is this a, is this a mentality that you had always carried with yourself like is it from a kid were you always this guy
0: you, you see and i i a lot of time i've get, i get on a lot of podcasts and people always ask you know what was that moment where it all snapped or when, when was that time when you realized that things were you know different or whatever and honestly i don't really know i've always been really outgoing i've always been a very interesting balance Or not balanced. I've always been an interesting combination of introvert and extrovert. I've always been a very interesting combination of stepping up and being the leader and stepping back and letting somebody else lead. So I've just been this very interesting model of human my whole life. And I've always been a challenger. That's the best way that I can really describe myself. I've always been the person who's looked at the thing that everybody is saying that you need to do in order to get by and said, why and i had a really hard time in school when i was in college i got kicked out of a nutrition class because our nutrition teacher was just spewing bullshit and i would raise my hand and say well what about this no what about this and her her response was only i'm a registered dietitian and i said that's fantastic but what about this you know and so i just always i always i never had a problem questioning the systems and i think a lot of people use <laughs> I think a lot of people use the systems as an excuse to remain unconscious and not think for themselves. And so I think that the the thing that really helped me the most, just do whatever it is that I actually ended up doing was giving myself permission to ask questions and not really caring if those questions offended other people because I genuinely just wanted different answers.
1: And you're gonna find the answer that you you ultimately wanted from the person that was gonna give it give you that answer that was ultimately gonna help you in the direction you wanted.
0: Well, I I really operate from the stance that we all know the answers to everything that we need, and that's why I'm very I, I trigger a lot of people when I start talking about my views on mental health and poverty or you know anxiety and things like that because I, I there's there's a large part of me that really does die on the hill that a lot of that is a, a choice asking the wrong questions, pretending you don't have the answers in a society that is developed to. Make us believe that we don't know the answers. And then what's everywhere you look? Don't ask questions. Just listen. You go to school. This is the way you do things. Well, can I do it this way? No. Follow the curriculum. Right? You go to college. You're like, hey, what does this mean? No. Follow the curriculum. Follow the book. This is the book. This is the way we do it. So innovation dies very early on. Creativity is no longer encouraged. It's actually punished. So we lose our ability to ask questions for ourselves. When I was in, when I was in elementary school, I was fucking obsessed with dinosaurs, man. Holy shit. I mean, I, could, I was in kindergarten, I could tell you every dinosaur, its scientific name, the era it was in, what it ate, how long it lived, how many millions of years ago, like it was insane.
1: That's cool.
0: All I, but all I wanted to do was pursue that because it excited me. That was what gave me a creative outlet. So when I went to school, they wouldn't, you know, it's like, hey, you know, if you're done with your test, you just need to wait until everybody else is done. And I would say, I- I'm done. Why can't I read my dinosaur book, you know? And they, So then it, then it started being, this was where I really enjoyed how my mom raised me because she would tell me, hey, once your homework's done, then you can go and play with your dinosaurs and stuff. So what did I do? I got really fucking good at the things I didn't want to do so that I could have more time doing the things that I wanted to do. So it was like, I learned my homework really quick. And I would learn ways to shortcut to get it done faster. So when you do math a quick way, I could I started being able to do things in my head. And I'd get them done. And I'm sure you know this. We, we went to school around the same time. If you don't show all your work on the math test, it's wrong. So I would, I would do these problems in my head and I would write them down. And my teacher started accusing me of cheating. <laughs> then they took me to a principal's office called my mom in, they had a brand new test and they put it and they made me take it in front of everybody and I got 100% on the whole thing. And I still got pushed back into a box of no, you need to do the work and you need to do it this way otherwise it's wrong. So you know what happened? I started failing. I started becoming a troublemaker. I started becoming the class clown. I started getting in fights on the playground because the thing that was allowing me to express my authenticity and my creativity and my joy and my fun was stopped and it was pushed into a box. And when you put a creative person in a box, they slowly die. And that's the world that we live in now. Nobody knows how to be creative and ask questions that are against what the standard norm is. And if you do, it feels very threatening to the average person nervous system. And that's why you get so many triggered people.
1: I, am I'm told that I'm, that I'm aggressive. It's aggressive energy. And it's, I ask people questions that, that I, that I just want the answer to. It's just, it is what it is. Right. And it's unfortunately not ever taken very well nowadays when, I mean, I guess even, even, I guess when I was growing up, it's the same thing. A lot of similarities, which is, I think is, is funny and just, it is what it is. It just, I remember growing up and, and I couldn't walk in the straight line. It was, I, I needed, I needed to like get, to the next, I, I wanted to get to the, the the side of the line, and I wanted to skip my way to the thing, or like you know, I play lava with myself in my mind. It's like you can't touch the the, mm-hmm. the whatever color squares; you got to touch the the uh, white ones. Um, and so many times in trouble for things that it was just like we're all getting to the same place. What's 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 the point, right? What well, why does it have to be in this one line?
0: Well, you want to go a step further and really trigger people, which I'm the best at as you look at ADHD, you look at, and you know, majority of ADHD is uh, diagnosed in boys, right? You have these, you have these young boys full of energy, full of warrior spirit who need, need to get out and run and wrestle and, and, you know, let out that just aggression of being a, a, a male. And what are they told? It's like, no, no contact right don't do this don't be competitive don't be mean sit in the classroom for 8 hours a day and if if a child starts acting in any way that is somewhat inconvenient for the teacher they put them on meds cuz now we have a diagnosis for inconveniencing a teacher to make things more simplified well i'll tell you what you take any child with ADHD any person with ADHD cuz i i self-diagnose myself with ADHD because my brain goes a million miles a minute but I channel it into things that I enjoy. And guess what? Everything I enjoy, the second I touch it, I can turn it to gold because I get it done. I get it done. So you tell me the boy who has who can't concentrate to save his life, put that little boy in front of a video game he loves and tell me how he doesn't become the best at that video game in two months. Because he's engaged. It excites him. It gives him creativity. It allows him to do something in a way that he enjoys, right? And now the video game unfortunately becomes a rebellion. It becomes a numbing mechanism to him being crushed in his creativity everywhere else. And you wonder why kids get addicted to video games. Well, it's an escape from the world in which they are being told that the way that they wanna act is not okay. And now what are we bringing into this next generation? A lot of people who are being, or every child is being basically told, hey, the way that you are authentically needs to be changed. You need to stop being who you are. You need to stop acting the way that you want to act and how you truly act and you need to fit in this box, otherwise there's something wrong with you. And now we have anxiety and depression and confusion and lack of fulfillment and lack of direction in everybody's life. Everybody feels unfulfilled. Everybody is filled with fear. And what, what stems from fear? usually anxiety. What stems from anxiety? Not knowing what to do with your life. What happens when you don't know what to do with your life? Well, you become depressed. And what happens in a society where we are preconditioned to medicate everything? Well, you're depressed, hop on depression meds. And now everybody's enabling the person going, wow, I'm so sorry that you're depressed. Here, you know, make sure you take your meds. I understand you're depressed. You can't go out and change your life. Of course you can. Of course you can. But then you'll get people who say, well, you've obviously never had depression if you think that you can change it. Of course you can. We can change anything. But people don't ask themselves the right questions. It takes one question to unravel a belief system, right? What if I could get out of bed today? Like just, just what if I could? What if, what if I did put on my shoes today <laughs> and... I filmed some content and posted about my business. Like, what if, what if I just did? What would that look like? What would that feel like? But nobody wants to do that. Because the questions always come down to, why do I feel this way? Why can't I overcome this? Why do I feel so unsure of myself? Why can't I catch a break? Two facts, two completely different realities. It's all based off the question that we want to ask. In my opinion.
1: I mean... I think some of those those questions that get asked, like why, um, what happened, what what happened if I posted a video today? I think if you have someone who has anxiety and depression, and they're like they're they're fearful of what the other person's gonna think, right? They're, they're not excited about posting the video. That, or they've they may be excited about posting the video, but they're limited and limited by their own belief system that everybody else isn't going to like it or isn't going to care or that they're going to be bad at it at the very beginning. But I think with all things we're usually bad when we first start and you get better as you progressively continue to practice that thing. Right. Um, there are a few people who are gifted that they can actually engage in something and then they're good at it immediately. Um, I think that that those people struggle as well with knowing where to go. I think that's, I, I think that's me. Um, I think there's like, I can do anything like the, 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 options are endless, which is a beautiful thing to, to be able to have. But at the same time, it's like, well, where do I, what, which one do I do? I want to do all of them.
0: Yeah, that, that definitely resonates for me. I mean, I'm, I've had so many different businesses and things that I've created and avenues that I've done in my entire life. It's very hard for me to focus on one thing. So I just started, I said, okay, how do I get really good at building things up and making them self-sustaining so that I can go just build another thing? And instead of, it, this is again, most people are unconscious and they want to listen to the first person that they hear who's successful and say, okay, that must be the only way that I can operate. And you hear, and one of the more, more common things is, hey, you need to find one thing you're good at and you need to stick to it if you want to be successful. I disagree. I think that if you have a hard time being successful at any one thing, then yes, you should stick to the one thing until you learn the, the mental approach, the grind, the work ethic, the tenacity, the perspective needed to make something successful. But if I'm, if I'm in the middle of a successful company and I choose to walk away from it to start something new, I at least know that I made the decision to walk away from that company out of a good heart space instead of walking away because it was hard. And I think that's where most people fuck up. The second that the company gets hard, they go, well, this isn't for me. If it was for me, it would be easy. Where does that stem from? Oh, everybody gets a participation trophy. Hey, it's okay that you tried. It just wasn't your best. There's no no competitive edge anymore. So you take one person who has a slight competitive edge and has one competitive argument around a collective belief system of self-pity and everybody panics. Everybody unravels. Everybody gets triggered into this dysfunction of trying to make that person look like an awful person. And truly, Ben, I can't tell you how many times I've been painted as this, this dangerous, awful, you know, whatever words want to be used for me by asking questions around what people agree upon as a social norm diagnosis for themselves in order to prevent themselves from being successful and actually having a life where they wake up and enjoy. My role in this world is to trigger people into an evolution and bring back the power to them. And that's not going to be, that's not going to be for everybody.
1: What kind of questions are people like so offended by?
0: Well, I, I get I get a lot of people very offended again when I talk about mental health, and uh, just for your viewers, you know I've I've battled depression, I've battled suicide, I've I've had the gun to my head loaded, ready to pull the trigger, I've, I've battled I battle anxiety, I get anxiety all the time, I get anxiety all the time. I always tell people, well, if you if you, what hap- what happens if you don't identify with anxiety? What happens if instead of saying I struggle with anxiety all the time? You see anxiety for what it actually is, which is an emotion. It's an emotion. It's a, it only stays for as long as you choose to cling to it. You don't hear people say, I struggle with happiness. I struggle with anger. I struggle with joy. I struggle with inci- excitement. I have chronic excitement. Yet when it comes to the other spectrum, right, because we have a spectrum of emotions that we feel, we have all the ones on the left side that we deem as good, and we have all the ones on the right side that we deem as bad. And the two most common ones on the right side are depression and anxiety. And that's why I talk about them. And I'm not here to invalidate anybody who is anxious because I've been fully overcome by anxiety. It's debilitating. I've been fully overcome by depression. It almost killed me. For some reason... And this isn't for everybody because i i do believe that there are some cases where medication might be necessary in order to help them get to a place where they no longer need it so they don't self harm but there's this whole there first it was this whole argument of well it's a chemical imbalance in the brain right i can't help it my brain chemistry is off disproven one question unravels that entire stance in the first place in my opinion Okay, let's just go and I don't need any study to back this up, it's a pure question. So let me ask you this, if your brain chemistry is off and now you are depressed and that's the only reason, how did your brain chemistry get off in the first place? Were you born depressed and that's just what your brain chemistry has been your whole life? No. Okay. So you're telling me that your brain chemistry changed without a medication. So why are you telling me that you need a medication to change it back? Because wouldn't it be the same pathway that's being traveled? That's a hard question for people because it automatically puts all the power back to them and they don't know what to do when the power is with them because then that would mean they actually have the power to change and the story that they've been identifying with for so long no longer exists, which again is very threatening to the average person's nervous system.
1: I like this a lot. I think that <laughs> this is definitely not. I think what n- there's not a lot of people that think like this. I think that's my, that's I that's not my my my, my frustration. I guess at, at sometimes it's. I had I made a decision that I was going to be good at something. I wanted to be really good at powerlifting, right? That that was the thing that I wanted to do. And I, within a year, won state. And then within two years, was that competing for Team USA. And then I nice. ended up competing a couple of times. And it was just a decision. And coming out of that, I, I realized, like, man, absolutely, one, you can learn absolutely any skill. Huh? Um, and then... It, I think a lot of things, if you, if you start in the gym, I think they translate over into your regular life. If I am going to train hard, keep things clean, do all the little things right in the gym, then that kind of shows that that's, that's kind of the person, that's who they are. Um, and it's going to translate out. And then if you diligently just work good, honestly, and hard, then you're going to, you're going to get there, right? It doesn't like, it doesn't matter the obstacle, you're going to figure it out. It's as asking, how can I figure How can I get there? And then just, okay, well, that's what I got to do next. That's, that's what I got to do.
0: Right. I do think, and this is, this is where I believe most people get overwhelmed. There are a lot of paradoxes in the human psych. There are a lot of different mental psychological paradoxes that we all go through. Every, every way that you want to believe something has an opposing duality to it that can convince you otherwise so i can challenge what you just said right now hey i could figure anything out it's my question is just how do i overcome this well then the simple question of that is what if that thing is just genuinely not meant for you in the first place and then we get stuck in this question of well i know i can do anything so if i put my mind to it and i just keep asking myself this question eventually i do it and this is where we, we have the, the Impact Legacy Mastermind where we kind of help entrepreneurs with everything that I've been telling you about. We're not business coaches. I don't teach a system because I believe people use a system as a way to remain unconscious and not do any work for themselves. So I get a lot of people and a lot of entrepreneurs who come from these other business coaches that they're paying $30,000, $50,000 to be in their program and they're getting taught a plug and play system. And they're being taught, well, if the system's not working for you, you just need to do the system more. So if you're doing it 100 times and it's not working, then you need to do it 200 times. If it doesn't work 200 times, you need to do it 400 times. So then what do we start reinforcing in these entrepreneurs? Shit, there must be something wrong with me. I must not be cut out for this. I'm not good enough. I'm not worth it. I'm not, I'm not worthy is one of the number one fears in human collective. I am not worthy enough instead of asking the simple question, what if this system just doesn't work for my business? Well, because the business coaches have their five to 10 star athletes or their star students that they say, look, these people are doing 500K months, million dollars a month. So they, it's, it's just all marketing. I mean, that's really what it is, you know, and I get it, but most people don't. Because it is the easiest failsafe for us to fall back to—that, well, there must be something wrong with me. Why is that? Because if there's something wrong with me, now I have an excuse, I have a story, and I have a scape—I have a scapegoat for me to not have to push forward in this thing that is making me uncomfortable, in this thing that is proving hard, in this thing that is not giving me an instant gratification of success. So if I can tell myself, shit. Uh- I can't do that, it's just, there's something wrong with me. It gives me a justification to give up. I just did a a call in our mastermind about being overwhelmed because a lot of people feel overwhelmed. And being overwhelmed is where most people give up. The second that we push forward into a new business, a new relationship, a new fitness routine, a new whatever you wanna put on this, there was a lot of overwhelm. And we use overwhelm as an excuse to give up. We start looking at things super grand picture, we stop looking at the action step needed right in front of us. And we say, this is too much information, or this is too much. I'm overwhelmed, I can't do this. And now if I've identified with being overwhelmed, I now have a subconscious justification to not push forward. But if you don't push past that first phase of overwhelm, you never get to experience the other side of the coin. And the other side of that overwhelm coin is feeling overwhelmed with abundance, feeling overwhelmed with gratitude, with joy, with fulfillment, with success, with love. And we never get to experience those overwhelms until we push past the shitty overwhelms. But that's where everybody gives up.
1: I mean, it's, it's a lot easier to give up at that point and not know that there's, a, there's an end to it. I think that not everybody, not every venture will be successful. And so a lot of people will take a, I've had businesses that didn't, that weren't successful or didn't take off nearly as much as I wanted. And so I was like, okay, well, this one's done. Um, but mm-hmm. somebody is going to, is going to get to that point where they're like, oh, well, then I, I'm just, I can't do business.
0: Right. And, and I'm personally more. identified. That's what it comes down to. I'm personally identi- identifying myself with whether this business is succeed or, or fails correct Which it could just be me. that go ahead
1: it could just be that the market sucks it could just be that 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 the place that you are the way you're selling it sucks it could be that it's just again not, not for you it's not your skill set and it's just okay well if this isn't for me where can i go next
0: well i think a lot of times people just have a hard time accepting that they suck at something it's okay to suck at something it doesn't mean that you suck it just means that you suck at that skill and the the longer that somebody tries to do a skill that they suck at and just genuinely are going to suck at forever, but they don't accept the fact that they suck, they're never going to get better because they're just going to say, why is nobody buying from me? Why does nobody pay attention to me? Why don't I have more followers on Instagram? Why aren't I getting any clients? Why are my clients not staying? Why is my product not selling? Well, have you ever asked yourself the question of what about my product sucks? What about my offer sucks? What about my service sucks? what about the way that I'm doing business sucks and how do I fix it? Two, one fact, two different realities. People aren't buying from me. Why won't people buy from me? What do I have to fix about my product so that people do? People ask the wrong questions and they keep getting the reality that they don't want to live in.
1: In your own, uh, in the personal training and, and gym company, what were some things that, sucked what, what what What? did you know that you weren't good at and then now you can say like actually I'm pretty damn good at that now
0: you know honestly man I've I've really been blessed that pretty much minus a handful of things majority of business actual businesses I've been all in on have succeeded what I did suck on back then was my own discernment my own Belief in myself and and being grounded when faced with adversity or faced with discomfort or people agreeing with me, I was extremely reactionary, and it really blinded me to a lot of ways that I could have made that gym significantly more successful. And honestly, it, it could have still been running to this day and producing me cash flow, but I, I just I wasn't really in that headspace then, and. I just, that, that, that whole thing taught me a lot. You know, that was my first, that was my first time ever owning the business completely for myself was I had to build a gym in 20 days off of a $20,000 investment, you know? And he was like, the guy was like, can you do it? And in my head, I'm like, absolutely not. But I said, sure, fuck yeah, I'll do it. It was the only, it was the only chance I had to get money, you know? And so I said, do I got to make this thing work at 20 grand? Sure. I had a partner in the time, but he didn't really do much, but you know we would i would order the equipment drop it off curbside no professional equipment or no professional installation no warranty so i'm lugging in all of these pieces from the massive squat racks and i'm finding a way to drill them and you know i'm building everything in this gym to save as much money as i can and we got it done so i learned to be very very fucking resourceful so i don't really think that i necessarily sucked at anything it was it actually transformed me into being as resourceful as i could be with anything that was in front of me and that is that has transitioned into everything that i have done ever since
1: that's a huge note and something that i'm going to take for myself a little bit so how, how can i be more resourceful with i because i think there's a lot right here that i have right the computer alone is is an a, is a resource you, know, you a can of, be a millionaire yeah and so what, what am I doing? Right. What, how can I use this resource? And, and where, where do you, where do I look? Where, where, where do I go? It's like, well, you know, there, there's plenty of resources. There's, there's Reddit, there's, there's Google, right? Just, just look something up.
0: Ask the right question. You'll get the right answer. How can I make the, the amount of people? And this is why, you know, my, my service offered to whoever wants it now has transformed a lot over the time because i just continue to keep met getting met with people's excuses to not change their lives so i keep creating new things to remove those excuses and that's how my new business structure is is built so people can work with me one-on-one which was my highest ticket they can't afford to work with me one-on-one. They can drop down to the mastermind, which will help them scale, grow their business, and be able to afford working with me one on one. And if they can't even afford that, well, I have a solar company that I can give you a job and you can be a rep and you can go door-to-door knock or you can sell online and you can make, you know, six to eleven, fifteen thousand dollars per deal. You close in commission. So what are your excuses? I'm providing you the job, I'm providing you the guidance, and I'm providing you the investment opportunities to make anything you want to make for yourself. What's the next excuse? You don't have healthcare? Do I have to start a healthcare company? Because I'll do it. Because eventually you'll, you'll remove so many excuses that people will have no choice but to say yes. That's my goal.
1: Why, why was your desire to teach people this?
0: Because I think a lot of people, one, I know a lot of people are stuck in the rat race. And the rat race has been designed to keep everybody running as fast as they can to barely survive. And when you get people stuck on that wheel, they don't have the time, the resources, or the ability to think outside the box for themselves and change their lives. That's why the system is that way. Then there's the opposite side, where people think that getting rich is what's going to save their lives. So I teach people that it's not about being rich, it's about being wealthy and all the energetics that come around with that. I've been rich. I've had the supercars. I've had the big house. I've had buying the bottles. I've had blowing money on anything that I needed. I've had it all. And I almost killed myself still because I was rich monetarily, but I was poor everywhere else. And I wasn't wealthy. People don't understand wealth. How do you? What do you? What do you hear about most people when they're really wealthy? Ugh, such a narcissist. Oh, he's you, you know, they, they make people have this this pre this presumption that if somebody's extremely wealthy, that there must be corruption behind it, because that's the lens in which they see the world. Now here comes a paradox. If people want to talk about me being dangerous and a narcissist and say, well, he only cares about money or whatever anybody paints on anybody. Paradoxically, your subconscious is now saying, well, I don't want to be a narcissist. I don't want to be viewed at this way. So I'm going to make sure that I keep myself as far away from wealth as possible. And then that person never breaks out of poverty because to them, being wealthy is actually to be looked at negatively. And so that which you dishonor is repelled from you. That which you honor flows through you. So if you can actually look at people who are wealthy, who are living the life that you want to live, and you can say, wow, that is so fucking amazing for you. Like you are so inspirational. I'm so happy for you. Can you, can you be five days late on your rent and hear your friend talk about how they just closed a $25,000 deal? And can you rejoice for them? If you can't, then you know everything that you need to know about your current level of consciousness and what you need to work on in order to have wealth enter your life.
1: I can, I can, if the shoe fits where, right. And I think there's times where I can see other people, I think on Instagram is where I see it. It's like that, that weird number of followers. It's like, if a close friend of mine that I feel isn't as um, as knowledgeable in this area as I am, but then they're gaining this odd amount of followers, I'm like, "Well, why? What's like? What's going on?" And it's like, "Well, because I." The answer was, "I enjoy it." We talked about it, and it's like, "I'm I'm kind of like upset that you're you're making this 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 growth here. It like, gets awesome for you, but why?" It, it, it would, I, I think it's, it's one thing if, if like you're educated, you're like, you're really putting out some good content here, but you're not. And so it, it's frustrating to see someone who maybe isn't, um, putting out a high standard of, 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 content, but still making progress. And I think that that's an unfortunate reality for life. I can see people that build shitty houses, but still can sell a thousand of them a year. Right. It's well, knowing that not everyone has that same standard of, of, of success and acceptance, but it's just realizing that's, that's where they're at, right? That, that's what they, that's what they're selling. Um, and I'm not selling that.
0: That's well, good for I them. I think, I think what you just kind of stumbled upon is that volume is king. That's what it comes down to. Volume is king. We and I, I work with this entrepreneurs all the time who are having a hard time branding themselves, marketing themselves, getting people to buy from them and look at their content and they're posting once every couple of days, once every five days. It's really quality content, super high quality. And I'm going, why don't you post every day? And they go, oh, you know, it takes me a long time to edit and make it look good and this and that. I'm like, well, people don't see you. People don't see you. I use McDonald's as, a, as an example all the time mcdonald's is the number one restaurant on the planet where do you see mcdonald's advertisements fucking everywhere they're on commercials they're on the radio they're on park benches they're on buses they're on billboards they're in magazines and they're tiny you can make a graphic just as good as that on fucking canva nowadays they go everywhere always because they know people forget they know people need to be reminded of what they have it's like everybody knows a fucking mcgriddle everybody knows what the mcgriddle is but i'll ask you this were you thinking about the McGriddle at all today? Until I just said it, probably not. But you know it. You forgot about it, though. So now you understand why McDonald's is such a high marketer. They're the number one restaurant on the planet. They don't need to do that, but people forget.
1: It's all about just just volume. And 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 it's volume. I think where what stops me is is well, I don't want this this level of volume to end up decrease in the, a certain level of quality that I'm that I'm content with and that just ultimately means I need to take more time I, I need to get better faster at doing at putting out content
0: well I, I I think that a lot of people miss the forest shooting for the trees here where they think every content needs to be this this slam dunk thing to help people and, and get them this you know crazy result and I, I do agree that your content like if, if I'm the person who is helping entrepreneurs you know, gain better perspective, ask themselves these questions and deravel their reality, you should be able to go to my content and 80% of my content should be doing something close to that. It should be, it, you should watch one of my reels and be able to go, hmm, I never really thought about it that way. Or, oh, oh, that's a really interesting perspective. If my content's not doing that at least 80% of the time, then I'm not the go-to person for the thing that I'm selling. And I'll always have a hard time converting. Now, what are the other 20%? Well, this is where people actually connect with you. This is where you become human. This is where you have certain hobbies. This is where you start expanding your personal identity. Gary Vee is a great example of this. You know, you know, Gary Vee. Okay. Do you know who Gary, do you know who Gary Vee's favorite football team is? No. It's the Jets. If he, he posts about the Jets all the fucking time. Like he wants to buy the team. He wants to buy the stadium, all of this. Why is he so crazy about the Jets? Well, he supposed about the Jets forever. And guess what? It humanized him. So nobody could relate with Gary Vee, the owner of this multi, multi million dollar advertising company who was an absolute killer on social media marketing. People can't relate to that. What can people re- relate with? Oh, NFL, football. Wow. I, I, I'm comfortable telling him that I like the Jets or I don't like the Jets. I'm comfortable connecting with them. I I feel more connected to him because he's talking about things that I can relate to. This is where low this is where different levels of consciousness come into play. This is why McDonald's will do a commercial, a park bench, a picture, just a picture of the sandwich, a write-up, a everything, because people's levels of consciousness are different, which means we intake information differently. So if I'm posting something that's relatable, very relatable, if I'm posting that I absolutely love cinnamon toast crunch, and then I get fifty people who respond to my DM and go, "Dude, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the best—the best cereal there is." Guess what? I have an opportunity to do now: connect with my audience, connect with my people, build trust and establish rapport, so I can message them back. It's goat. I've been eating it since I was a kid. More than likely, those co- those conversations turn into, "Hey, man, you know, I've, I've I've been thinking about reaching out to you to work with you or get into your mastermind for a while. I just I just haven't pulled the trigger." Oh, no way! That's awesome. Why, why don't we hop on a phone call and see if we can help you out? And the caveat there was that the lower level consciousness, the Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and I actually did Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's why I use it. I did that. The, uh, the, low, the lowering down of the gate of Cinnamon Toast Crunch allows more people to walk onto the elevator. And then through conversation, I can elevate them to where I need them to be to convert them and help them. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So when it comes to the volume game, people say, I don't know what to post. It's like, I mean, you know, post once a day. You don't know what to do? What's something that you thought of today? What's something that you did? Right. i I talked on a podcast today and I talked about Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I can go talk about that on my story right now. You know, I just got I, I posted a, a reel about psychedelic mushrooms like four or five days ago. And now my my entire Instagram is completely shadow banned. I mean, it's like <laughs> in, insane. You know, I, I usually I usually average about like two thousand, three thousand likes per post. My last four posts have gotten thirty five likes. I, it's cra- yeah. it's, cra- it's like crazy, but it, to me, it's funny. Right? I know. I know it corrects itself. But, you know, give it fourteen days or so, and then you're back. And so I'm screenshotting my analytics and I'm posting them, and I'm going, you know, ha ha ha. I, I guess I better make the algorithm work. for me. you know, hashtag Biden's the best. Like just just messing around, being funny, and you know, this morning I had like 120 DMs. People just responding to my stories, laughing, engaging. Ha ha! This is so funny. That's not necessarily something that's going to help me serve them, but it is something that can help me connect with them from a humor level, which will eventually allow me to serve them better.
1: Is the social media a big part of your marketing for the masterclass?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much the only marketing that we do is it's just referrals from the members who are in there. I mean, I, I, I only, we, we have a a bunch of different teachers in there. We do about eight to 10 calls a, a month in there that are deep dive masterclasses for everybody. I only host two a month and I'm, I'm very notorious for being very aggressive with my calls. So I give people time in between them. But when I go on the calls, I just ask my members, Hey, if you guys are on this call at any point in time. If there's something I say, there's a slide that you read that gives you a light bulb and you find this valuable, if you could just take a picture, post it on your story, tag myself in the mastermind, I would be super grateful. I'm serving you. If you want to serve me, that, that's just, that's so amazing. And that's how we grow. I grow by serving my people. And I say, hey, if I've served you well, well enough, and you think that somebody else can be served by what I'm doing, then just post about it. If you don't feel that, no hard feelings. Maybe the call didn't hit for you. Don't post about it. And from that alone, we have grown the mastermind tremendously.
1: And how, how does somebody start a mastermind? What What is a mastermind? What can a mastermind be? And what does that look like?
0: Well, I think that masterminds have a lot of usually a mastermind's a super high ticket thing you know it's a 12 week mastermind whatever it is we we basically it's basically a group a group container it's a monthly a monthly contribution to stay in the in the container and, and coach. so what we do is we kind of everything we've talked about here we help entrepreneurs get crystal clear on their vision if you're not a business owner that's fine. we have plenty of people in there who are employees. Not not entrepreneurs, and they just really are interested in the self mastery side of things. So, the way that our mastermind is set up is I teach on what I teach on. Uh, We have a coach, Brittany, and she has a, a very impressive psych background. She teaches once a month on subconscious mastery. Hey, here's how your subconscious actually works. Here's how you can rewire it. Here's why you think you're self sabotaging, but you're actually doing exactly what you want. She's freaking crazy. We have Brady who comes in and leads everybody through a somatic breathwork session every month because, and I'm not sure if you've ever done somatic breathwork, it's incredible. And basically it allows stored trauma and stress in the body to release. And this can release in, you know, crying, screaming, punching a pillow, whatever, but, but breathing in a specific way actually opens up those blocks in the body. And being, a, being an entrepreneur is extremely hard nowadays. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of stimulus. Our nervous systems are not made to intake all the information that we have to intake every day. So we store a lot of stress. So allowing these entrepreneurs to clear that every month and make space, uh, it's just profound what they can do after that. You know, we do calls on business scaling. We do calls on crypto. We do calls on how to invest and how to read charts. We do calls on how to market yourself, how to brand, how to to serve your clients better. And it's just an all-encompassing thing was kind of my goal. How can somebody come in to be able to, to master health, wealth relationships and be the person who holds the key on their wealth? Because that's that's another thing that most people are missing in their lives. They're not the ones who hold the key for their income streams, for their bank accounts, for everything. And so they they're a victim to somebody outside of them. <coughs> we teach, we teach how to master yourself and master your life. That's what ours look like.
1: Being a not having the key is probably one of the most um, sad feelings that there, that there is. And and Mm -hmm. I'm in that position right now where I took a new job as a construction manager. My background is not in construction management. It's in personal training and the the exercise world and feeling like I'm reliant on every single one of my trades to do their job and do it well and to show up on time. I'm reliant on, the 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 owner to, to pay me at the end of the month right it's or whatever every two weeks whatever it may be um there is almost there's no like how can i make sure that this this thing goes well and then there's an immediate feedback where i think in any in any real business that you can see Hey, if I'm doing this and this is working, then we're making progress. If, mm-hmm. if I'm not doing this or if I'm doing this and we're not making progress, then, well, we know, right? It's an easy telltale where, where what to push you and where to go.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and just to clarify for your for your listeners, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying every single person is supposed to be an entrepreneur. That would be idiocy to say that because how do people build a business in the first place? Well, we need employees. We need people inside of the business that have the same vision. Some people just don't want to be entrepreneurs and and that's okay but i think this this society that we're in right now and just with instagram and hustle culture there's almost this gaslight effect happening to where if you're not a business owner if you're not an entrepreneur then you're throwing your life away and i think that that's another thing that makes a lot of people super stressed out and you know people will start reaching to for massive twigs of, you know, well, I'm barely making any money, but I need to put all this money that I do have into a real estate investment so I can start making passive income. And you sit there and you you, know, you, you ask a question, right? If, if you're barely making any money, why are you going to take all the money that you're barely making and put it into a, a very small investment that's going to bring you a small cash flow every month? Well, because I want to start building my portfolio. Build yourself first. Instead of taking that money and putting it into real estate, take that money and put it in developing a skill. Develop a skill for yourself. Join a mastermind. Hire a mentor. Get some some more skill sets. Expand your ability to serve people and then go sell that and make more money. Before you go into an investment for passive income, get a second job. Most people are trying to work less at the exact time that they're supposed to be working more or that they should be working more.
1: There's there's a lot of good in here, and I think finding finding those skills and knowing which skills to to focus on um, can be difficult. But I mean, ultimately, just find find a space that you want to grow in, and then invest in that thing, right?
0: It shouldn't yeah be. the the thing that we teach, I've 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 worked with a lot of people. You know, I've worked with well over a thousand people by now, and I've seen a very uh, I've kind of broken it down into a six stages. I call it the straight, straight, straight A leadership. Basically, it's the six stages that everybody goes through and has to continue to go through. And they're straight A's because I made them all start with A's. And it's awareness, acceptance, awakening, application, ascension, abundance. And when we go through those things, well, what's everybody teaching? What's everybody striving for? They want an abundant lifestyle. They want to break into this world where everything is happening for them and they don't have to work and they don't have to this. And it's just, you know, you'll see in the spiritual community, sit down and meditate and the universe will drop it in your lap like a fairy. And it's just these whatever. But we need to first have awareness of where we are in every sense. People just want to know where they are from the victim sense. Well, let's like, let's look at where you are. Let's bring awareness to your actions, your lack of actions, your thought patterns, the belief systems, the story you're telling yourself, your laziness, your self-deprecation, your, your willingness to go tell everybody in your life how miserable it is so that you get a pity party every time. Let's bring awareness to all of that first and let's really map it out. That's hard to do. Well, now let's work on accepting all of those things. Let's stop identifying with it. Let's stop being frustrated. Let's stop beating ourselves up about it. Let's accept the information and the situation for what it is. And when you start to accept these parts, when you start to become aware of, maybe I operate this way because of that one thing that happened when I was eight. Maybe I have a, a hard time with women or I'm, I'm overly aggressive with women because my mom abused me as a kid and I'm still taking that out on, on the female archetype in front of me. Oof. I guess those are hard conversations to have with yourself. But when you have that awareness and you accept it, something starts to happen. You start to awaken. You start to wake back up. You stop becoming unconscious. Once you have conscious awareness of the way that you're fixing or the way that you're operating, you become aware. And when you become aware, that's when I call it the awakening because you start seeing the world differently. It's like you woke up from a nap. And now you start seeing, man, everything that I've been through in my life, all the shit that I've done, all the hardships, all the trauma that I've overcome, it's actually gifted me with a very particular set of skills to help a very particular person, the person that I used to be. And now I can resonate with that type of person. I've walked the walk. Who better, who more qualified? And I'm not talking a qualification from a freaking Rockefeller school system. I'm talking a qualification of real life experience and perspective and understanding because everybody wants to feel seen, heard, and understood. That's it. Who better to do that than the person who just went through everything this person is going through? Now you've awakened and you start seeing what you fucking hate in this world what you want to change, what you want to fix, how you want to serve, and then what starts to happen. Now i got to learn how to apply this. And that's where the application stage comes into play. How do we take the what you're seeing? How do we take what you're feeling? How do we take what you want to fix? And how do we start allowing you and giving you tools to apply that in your life? Maybe that does look like starting a business. Maybe that looks like just developing a skill to help people inside of your current business. And then when you start applying that, well, the ascension happens very fast which means you start moving up the ladder and you realize how good you get at that thing very quickly you feel very comfortable you feel at home and it starts to light you up that's why i call it ascension and once we get past that stage well that's when everybody's trying that's when you've developed a name for yourself that's where business is flowing in that's where you're helping people and that's where your life really does become this this amazing portal of abundance and then we got to start the process all over again. And that's just this. Well, because your ego is a very fecal thing. Your ego evolves as you evolve. So once we hit that first level of abundance, this is where most people cool off. This is where most people stop and they go, well, I made it now. I don't need to do this anymore. And then the second phases of these come from the awareness of holy crap, I've only been doing this as a way to get myself out of poverty. or I've only been doing this as a way to save myself from scarcity so that I can have abundance. And then you realize, oh my God, I've been doing this whole thing operating out of lack. I built everything I wanted to build for myself because I felt like I was lacking in other departments. And now there's a brand new awakening of, holy crap, this is just what I'm meant to do on this world regardless. This is just why I'm here. And then this new awakening becomes... Well, this is just my process and it stops being attached to an outcome. And this is where you really, really, this second awakening is so fucking powerful, Ben. And I see this in so many people. And this is where you get rock hard fortitude in yourself. And I, I, you know, this takes a long time. I mean, I fully believe I'm in, I'm right around my second real awakening application stage and I'm starting to see the ascension uh, really start to compound here. But it gets to this point where you you just ground yourself in the process. You can lose, you lose 70% of your business tomorrow. All right, you wake up and do the same thing. I lose every client. Well, not every client. I lose all of my clients but one and I'm homeless, can't pay my bills. Well, and that's on a Sunday. Well, shit, I got to get to Starbucks at 8 a.m. because they got Wi-Fi and I got a call to get on. You you stop worrying about the outside circumstances because you know that you were meant to do one specific thing. This is your purpose. This is how you serve. This is who you serve. And it doesn't matter if you get a million dollar check in the mail. Your life doesn't change. You don't stop doing what you're doing with the tenacity that you're doing it. That's the most powerful place for somebody to be in.
1: For a young entrepreneur who doesn't know Who maybe has the skill set, but then is lacking the ability to get inside the business. Like, how do I, I can, I can charge for this kind of stuff. Like, Mm. I'm already really good at it. How do I, how do I price this? Like, I think it's worth more. Like people don't really want to pay, but I know it's worth it. How does somebody get through that, that wall?
0: Sure. It's energetics. This is, a, this is one of the key concepts I teach on in our mastermind and with anybody I work on. It's all energetics. What do we see most people do? Oh, God, I guess, you know, my prices must be too expensive. My, I'm, I'm just charging too much. Or what are you doing that's causing people to not feel the value that you have for them? So your energetics are everything. When you get on the phone, like when, I, when I get on the phone with an entrepreneur and they say, man, I really want to work with you. And I say, cool, it's, it's a three-month contract. It's $8,000. And they go, oh, am I, like, "Is that sound good? And they're like, I don't know. That's, that, that's really expensive. And I say, yep. There's an energy there. So here's, but here's the thing. The reason that I, I do what I do, charge what I do, I stopped seeing money as money and I started seeing it as energy. I started seeing it as energetic contributions, right? We tell everybody, yo, I need you, like if you and me on this podcast, it's like, Ben, I need you bought in right now. But we say that, yo, I need you bought into this. Well, how do we buy into something with our energy? What is, where is all of our energy usually dictated? It's on money. It's the truth. Okay, what anybody says. Money is energy. Money is life force energy. That is, that is our, our agreed upon exchange of energy. So I, I, even if we're a mastermind, I don't, I don't tell them they have like a monthly recurring payment. We call it a, we call it an energetic contribution. And that might seem a little woo woo, but being able to say, Hey, I just need y'all to energetically put some of you into this container. Otherwise you're not going to be receptive to what's coming out of it and actually changing. If I let you in for free, if I let you into this mastermind for 50 bucks a month, are you actually going to care? No. So it stops being about how much money we're making. It stops being about how much money is going into my pocket. It starts being what is the energetic, like what is that, what is that barrier of an energetic contribution that I need from another person for me to show up my best and for them to show up their best? I'll tell you what. If you and I started working together and I said it was an $8,000 commitment for those three months and you paid it, how receptive and willing are you to get as much out of that three months as possible? Very. Exactly. And that is why every single person that I work with is successful. Does that answer your question?
1: It definitely does. I think it's, it is, you're right. It is a little woo woo. You're not wrong, um, it's fine. but it, but it makes sense, right? It, it's an, it's an agreed upon. Um, it's the one thing we can all understand a, a dollar is a dollar. And I, I, am asking out of, out of my own experience. Right. And how do I've had clients where I'm like, okay, I'll get, I'll give you, you know, your first three your first three weeks are free. And then after that, we're going to go to move forward. And my belief is that in fitness, it's very hard to get people to pay that aren't, that aren't, I guess bought in. Right. But the the is there, I'm, it's not, it's not the only thing I'm not doing. I'm not just, writing somebody workouts. Like we're, we're changing somebody's life sure. the, the, for, for the long term. What they're going to be doing when they're 60 years old is going to be influenced by what we're doing today. And we're going to change their bone structure. And we're going to um, change their mentality on how, what work really looks like and being diligent and staying committed and then showing up. And then even then there are, there are so many people that want to take that and take advantage of it. And it's like, well, it's, you know, it, it is this money. And if you don't, charge less than people aren't willing to pay more
0: well so here we go back to human paradox right we have paradoxes every everywhere in life is a paradox right if i say it's high other people see it's low if i see it's low other people say it's high you you look at and and just to kind of go back to the original thing of like who's the entrepreneur trying to get people to pay for this thing it's really hard to ask people for money when you're first starting off because you're like dude i'd be happy with anything And I get that. But when we look at, oh, I'm having a hard time charged for my service. Okay, what about your service needs to be fixed for you to have confidence in charging for it? That's the number one question to ask yourself. But the second is, you said most people don't wanna buy in fitness. I mean, I disagree. I I never had issues with that. I still don't have issues with that. I, I work with $5 million, $6 million companies in the fitness industry and on their way to 10, 10 million. You know? And it comes down to the energetics around your brand, the brand identity, how much you're posting and the value that you see. Because if you also, if I go into a, a conversation with somebody about what I do and they go, man, $8,000 is really expensive for three months. And I'm able to be, I'm, I'm able to sit here and ground myself and say, seriously, didn't I thought you were on this call because you said you've been struggling to get your business past 20K for the last five years. Isn't that right? So yeah. Okay, so you're telling me that in 12 weeks of your time is not worth it to you to not only break past that, but also reinforce yourself with the knowledge, the thoughts, and the belief systems so that you never have to come back to that plateau again for the rest of your life? See, because now it becomes a game of what's everything going to happen to you? Like, What's all the progress that you're going to make after we work together with all the knowledge that you've learned and how that compounds over time? People miss that part a lot when they're talking about their services. So let's just, let's just look, and I'm going to, I'm going to be really aggressive here. This is not how I would talk to a fitness client on the phone, but let's say that we have somebody who calls for fitness and you're going, yeah, okay. It's for six months. It's, you know, $3,000 and they're like, you know, you know, Becky Sue is you know 280 pounds, five foot three, never stepped foot on a treadmill in her life. And she's going, well, that's, that's way too expensive. There's no way I can afford that. And I sit there and go, Becky Sue, can I be real with you real quick? And she says, yeah. And I go, look, you're on the phone because you have a massive problem to solve, right? You're fat, right? You're fat. You're obese. You just said it yourself. You're obese, which means you're, you're on your way out. We know obesity is one of the number one killers on the planet. Number one killers in America. Sorry. One of the number one killers in America. Let's talk about this. $3,000, six months of your time. To start losing that weight, reverse all these health markers, instill the habits, the knowledge, and the wisdom for you to be able to tackle this for the rest of your life is not worth three thousand dollars to you. Here's what's going to happen: you're not going to do this. You're going to convince yourself out of it because everybody does, right? You and I know that people people will talk themselves out of right right when you're on right when you're about to do something to change your life. People talk themselves out of it. The second that I say, "Oh, you know, I can give you all these things," eight thousand dollars there's my excuse to not move forward and change my life everybody does this everybody does this so when i can sit there and say here's what's going to happen you're going to convince yourself that this program's not for you you're going to convince yourself you're the one person who's going to do my program it's not going to work and then you're going to waste your money you know what's really going to happen you're, we're going to get off the phone. You're going to forget all about it. You're not going to change any habits. You're going to spend well over $3,000 on new pairs of pants every couple of months because you keep gaining weight. Then you're going to go diabetic. You're going to get prescribed insulin. Your insurance isn't going to cover all of it. Now you're going to take these pills and this insulin for the rest of your life, and then you're going to come back and have to pay me this money. Most people don't want to challenge other people like that, but I do. But that challenge has to come from a heartfelt place. If I'm challenging somebody just to get their money, it's not gonna work. If I'm challenging somebody because I genuinely know I can help their situation and change their life, and I know that they're gonna self-sabotage and not move forward, it's a lot easier for me to lean into that challenge with love.
1: That's for sure. I mean, just selling a product and sell a product sucks when you don't believe in the product or when Mm -hmm. there is no true benefit to the product but if you truly believe in what you are selling then it's not really a sell it's a again i think to 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 lean into what you said earlier is an exchange of energy right and 100%. it's it's a lot a lot better for both the the entrepreneur and the person the the salesman if you will and then the client as well
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: 100% i like it i think it's it's good. And not asking, I guess, for a budget, but understanding, like setting a price and knowing what that price is. Um, how does somebody go about creating us a price for something?
0: Mm-hmm. The question to ask myself, because here's the thing, anybody can afford anything. Anybody can afford anything. If I said, Ben you need to work with me for the next three months, it's $8,000. And you go, oh, dude, I don't know if I can swing that. If I said, Ben, I have a brand new Lamborghini outside, I just don't want it anymore, I'll sell it to you for $8,000, but I need you to buy it today. You would do everything in your power to get that, you you would get that Lamborghini. You would, right? You would call friends, you would call, like here, here's what I'm doing, I gotta get this Lamborghini, you would go, Get a credit card. You go take a loan, whatever, because you're like, "Whoa, eight thousand dollars for a Lamborghini? That's fucking insane." Am I wrong?
1: Maybe not the best example, but yes, I, I don't give you a get, fuck about a you, Lamborghini. Okay, but I get you, it. I get the concept.
0: Yeah, yeah, you get the concept, right? A private it's, jet, eight thousand dollars. You have your own private jet, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. It's you, you, whatever your own private island in Nicaragua, like whatever, whatever, whatever yeah. you want to say, right? For eight thousand yeah. dollars, you would find you would find it because yeah. you're like, "Holy crap, that value is insane." when the value is yourself, it's harder to feel that. So my my thing, I know people can afford anything I'm offering. I know they can. So my question no longer is, is my price affordable for people in a, in a way? My question to myself is, what is the energy like? What's the energetic contribution? What's the payment I need to receive so that I can feel energized to show up and serve this person to the best of my ability? Because if I'm underselling my services, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna energetically be into it. You're gonna have that voice in my head. They go to ask you a question. You're like, oh, they're only paying me 200 bucks a month. Like, why the fuck are they asking me so many questions? I don't get paid enough for this. And that's transferred. When my clients message me, dude, I'm like, fuck yeah. it. Like, you want to hop on another call? You know, hop on a FaceTime real quick? Like, let's do it. What are you going to? Let's talk about it. My, my clients now, we're sending Voxer, which is like an audio app. It's like a walkie-talkie app. I'm sending Voxers to them 24 fucking 7. I genuinely love working with my people. I love when they ask me questions. I love when they need to hop on a call with me to go over a business thing because they are energetic exchange. We're both so bought in to their success. And that's why they're successful. I mean, it's 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 truly mind blowing how fast you can see somebody be successful when they're energetically bought in. Dude, I had a guy start with me last in December. And he said, December, he was like, dude, I want to start my own business. Like, I want to be off on my own, completely on my own. And he's like, I want to be able to do 20K months by June. I want to do 20K months by June. So cool, man, let's fucking do it. Now this this guy is obviously an outlier. He is like a savage. In January already, he's hit twenty one k. That's crazy. That's insane. Would he have done? But he bought in. He didn't have the money. He didn't have the money, and he was like, "All right, I got to do this." And because he still did that, it triggered something in him. I've paid this money, I've energetically bought in, I gotta use this resource, I gotta take action, I gotta provide, I gotta make this money back, I gotta hit this goal, what did he do, dude? Six month goal, one month, crazy. It's possible for everybody, at least in my world.
1: I gotta take a leak, do you mind if I could be? I'll be right back. Sure. Cool, appreciate
0: that. Yeah, of course, man, take it away. Hey,
1: enter- the energy you have, the, the, char- the charisma and the energy and the, the, I mean, it sounds like the, the, it selfishly, this feels like a class, right? it's like, if I, I and mean, I'm going to, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to take as much from this as I possibly can. And I want other people to as well.
0: Yeah, please um, do brother.
1: But it's, it's contagious, right? And it sounds like you've lived a hell of a life um, to be successful. So early on, is inspiring for other people who don't believe in themselves and and think that it's real and you can make it really make it happen. Um, And there's committing to committing to a belief. And even if, and not being so closed off to something that we, that somebody may think is so woo woo, but it's they're, they're, the guy who Nick is, the guy who's behind the, the face, is someone who's, who's able to relay information very, very digestibly, hmm. right? It's something that we, we, that we can grab onto and understand and, and relate with. And I think what people don't see is that even this and the way that you speak is has taken work. To get to this point even if even if we don't always realize that it's work in the moment as the person who's communicating, it's an understanding from somebody on the outside perspective it's like an appreciation like you've stood up and you've talked to people and you' have and you've kind of come up with a, your own solutions and your, your way to to describe things that made sense both to you so that you could internalize and appreciate and then communicate to somebody that they can also understand. And that I think is extremely difficult because you're not playing with somebody's, Hey, I need you to take your left arm and rotate it externally or internally. And I need you to think about this, these things this way and then controlling. And I think control control is, is maybe not, not the best word. It's also has a negative connotation. I feel like, but trying to change somebody's mind, the thing that you can see, right. And that's, it's, it's complex it's difficult and, it, and it's, it's taking, it's taking you time to get to this point, but you've diligently worked towards getting here. And I think it's working with as many people as you have, that's given you that opportunity and it's given you this skill. And you are saying you are, you find a skill and get good at it. I think you found at least one that I can see, right. One that I can appreciate in conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: it, it, it can, it can captivate somebody, but there's also, I know that there's more skills, or I believe that there's more skills. Maybe that is this your skill that you that that you've cultivated?
0: I so <clears throat> I actually, w- without being too, what's the word I'm looking for? Just not not trying to come at this from any sort of cocky standpoint whatsoever. But I feel are, like, are. I I feel as if what you just said, uh, I actually view it as a gift. I don't, I, I've, I've obviously fine tuned this gift over time, but I think that I have been gifted with, with a a very high level of perspective and the way to articulate that perspective to people. It just, it just really comes naturally. It always has. I've always been a challenger. You know, I've always been the one to say, well, why, why are you doing it that way? Why don't, why can't you just do it this way? Well, what if, if you just looked at it that way, wouldn't that make more sense for you? You know, and, and I think a lot of times people can, you know, you're a wizard. You changed my life. I'm like, I didn't, you know, I, all I did was ask you a question and then you changed the rest of it. Like it's really that simple. And, but again, people are so used to putting their power outside of them. It's like, oh my God, I got a result. Must be this person's doing. And it's, it's again, one of those things you say that everyone goes, huh? I do always say that about somebody else, right? All right. Listen to this speech. This speech changed my life. No, it didn't. The speech allowed you to ask yourself a different question and you got a new answer and that's what changed your life. So I, I, the, the skill that you're referring to, I really appreciate that because it's something that I've worked very hard to fine tune, but I genuinely believe that it's just a, a gift because I've been through a lot of shit in my life. I mean, a lot, most things that I just, I, I don't think human beings should have to go through. And I think that that could have created two completely different realities for my life. And I'm very blessed and guided by whatever you want to say is up there or out there to, to be where I am and being able to speak and help people the way that I'm helping.
1: I think that, again, the, the similarity to insane, and I think that the, the, whatever you call up there, the guy guiding all this or late or whatever, has continuously put me in front of people that are really interesting and just good people. Like it, it's, mm-hmm. it, and obviously there, there's been, there's, there's people who haven't been in, like, haven't been that person or that, that I haven't been able to rely on. Um, not to say I'm relying on you, but just that I can, that I can learn from, right. Mm-hmm. That, that, um, they're that through and through, like they're pushing their own boundary to grow for themselves. And then by proxy, can teach others or others can see and notice and say, Oh shit. Like that's how they're doing that. Got it. Okay. That's cool. Right. right? I think that a lot of, uh, and I, and I, again, I've, I've been in this position because I was like, Oh man, maybe if I go down this route, like I see some sort of success, like that's going to be a good route to go and I can learn from. And then you realize, Oh shit, that's, this isn't right now. Mean, you learn, you grab some, some nuggets, um, but then you realize, oh shit, this, this isn't what it was because they're ultimately they're not you, right? Mm-hmm. They're they are not me. And the person that ultimately I need to rely on is this guy, because if I have a vision for something, yes, I need to learn skills and I need to know some business law and I need to know the, you know, X, Y, Z, how to balance a sheet and all these things that, that can be learned, but I can't look for somebody else to tol- uphold this standard of, of a product. Cause they're not me Mm. and you, you did it. You, you stepped, you, you got out of that matrix and gave yourself enough trust and knew that you were worthy of it and found the thing and said, all right, let's do it. Let's go for it. Mm. Right. And it's, it's really cool to hear and see because just earlier before this, I had a, I, I went to this, this class, um, he, he was teaching some uh, spinal engineering theory, which er- all movement originates from the spine is, is, is the theory. And it's not the most like far-fetched idea. It makes sense. But it was a different way to teach uh, rotational movements. Do you, have, do you have a time limit?
0: No. No? Okay. Um, I just saw you look down. Just wondering. Um, oh, I got, I got a pretty and- ghetto setup for my, for my microphone. That's why I was... You good?
1: Cool. Just making sure it's still alive. Um. So, you going over this this rotational theory and, and seeing all these people around there? And I've had this idea for years now, where I would go to schools and teach the squat, the bench, and the deadlift. I think that that powerlifting, it, I'm very good at. We have four fundamental movements in life. We can and and how can we teach? Especially kids who are impressionable, who in the long run, if they are successful or they feel comfortable doing these movements, then they're maybe not competing in, in the in the powerlifting world, but they are engaging in um, movement, right? And, and that's, that's just good for their, their souls, their bodies, their mental health. It's, it's all sure. the way good and what we need more of in our severely obese society and it's like this is this isn't going to know very well i know how to communicate it very well and i'm also you know i have this niche um i want to go to schools i want to teach this niche and then one of the coaches there i used to train with he was like hey man like we would love you to come and like coach our coaches on how to coach um the three movements it's like for sure like without a doubt and then now i'm here thinking do I charge for this or do I not charge for this? How do I charge for it? What, what makes sense? Like, should I, should it be for free the first one? And then like, we continue to like great gain traction. I don't know what that looks like. And I think for someone who's so new um, to this space, I know my niche, right. And now I'm like, okay, now it's, it's an energetic exchange, right. It's a good, it's a good way to, to, to put value to it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's cool. Still a learning process, and being confident with whatever I decide.
0: I mean, that you—that's the—that's the golden ticket. That's it. Am I aligned with what I'm asking for? And if the answer is yes, then we don't care if somebody says yes or no to it. That's how you know you're in alignment.
1: And then just getting on the phone and just calling people and say, "Hey, this is the—I mean, sir, this is the service I'm—I'm I'm offering. Is this something that you know that we people
0: vastly overcomplicate how to start a business? Hey. I got this thing that I'm doing. Do you want to try it? No? Cool. Next phone number. Hey, I got this thing I'm doing. Do you want to try it? No? Okay, cool. Because <laughs> no triggers us. Oh, somebody <laughs> said no. What do you mean you don't want to try this business that I spent four, t- that I spent four hours putting together and now I'm offering? Well, I, my entrepreneurship must not be for me. You look at the presidential candidate or the presidential campaigns back in you know freaking 1940 1950 1960 it's like the president who won was the president who shook the most hands that concept is still extremely relevant here now you know now we got social media and we got all the you know i mean the presidential campaigns are just a fucking joke nowadays but yeah. back then look at the principle hey i gotta go to the most amount of means in front of the most amount of people shake the most amount of hands make the most amount of connections and i will win that core principle never changes. People get too caught up in the end result of, well, I'm going to do this so that I can achieve this. And then they never achieve it because they go, I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to get there. Well, what if we, and this is kind of the way I structure it for people. So for our solar company, I tell people, look, it can be really, it can re- be really overwhelming when you're getting into a brand new company, a brand new industry, and you, you've never sold solar before, and you see how much money's in it, but you're like, "I don't know if I can do this," and then you go knock your first door, and they tell you to fuck off and slam the door in your face, right? You're like, "Fuck this! I'm not doing this anymore. This sucks," right? Or you you knock five doors in a row, they're all no's, and you give up. But if we switch that, and you said, "Here's my game plan over the next 90 days." I'm going to knock a thousand doors. That's my goal. That's my process. No matter what, 90 days, a thousand doors. After 90 days, then I'll go assess what's going on. Because here's what will happen five people close the door in your face. You're like, cool, time for number six right? Oh, six person said yes. Awesome. Time for number seven, because you haven't lost track of, you haven't lost set of the process. And most people lose sight of the process. You become a different person when your business is doing well, and you become a different person when your business is doing bad. And so you never make progress forward.
1: I door knocked for a, a, a while. Really? And it, yeah, dude, it's, it's tough and shitty at times. And it's, also, so nice, but it's it really is just like, hey, I got, I know what I'm gonna say. When I got to that door, I knew exactly what I was gonna say. If they had X, um, uh, what uh, what do they call them? Um, I don't know. And ah, they 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 have a specific, a uh, not a rebuttal, but a uh, a whatever the, whatever they had said an whatever, objection an, an objection. Thank you. Um, any objection they had, I was like, well, I know what I'm gonna like. I know the end. Like. And I was, this is, what I was doing for the money. And also I, was, I knew I was, I felt I was selling a good product cause it was through insurance. And so they never had to pay a dollar. It's like, all I need to do is get on your roof. We can file a claim and you never have to do anything. Mm-hmm. You can, and we'll, we'll give you a full di- in Texas. You can, you could, and you can't anymore give a full discount for their deductible. And then you would make at the company I was with, You make anywhere from like 40 to 50% um, uh, profit mark or not uh, commission. So mm-hmm. it was, Hey, it was this is what we're gonna do we're gonna sell it we're gonna sell it every single time and yeah there were a lot of no's and initially it was like damn this kind of sucks but the more that you do it the easier it gets and if that is a skill and a process that's already been trained then it's no different here it's just picking up the phone rather than knocking on a door
0: yeah picking up the phone sending dms replying to comments going to your local gym looking at hashtags starting conversations with people it's not hard but somebody gets, you message somebody about a service and they leave you on red, and all of a sudden you get this anxious heart palpitation of, oh my God, I look so stupid, I can't believe I did that. They're gonna think I'm desperate. And you're, you're marketing yourself, what do you mean? Yeah, this was, it was like weird egotistical attachment to, if I have to promote my services, then my services aren't good. Really? McDonald's is That's the number McDonald's is the number one restaurant on the globe. And they promote every single day and you think that you shouldn't have to promote your services otherwise you're not good and that's a really common one in the fitness community it is i see a lot of coaches you know if you if you're if you're actually a really good coach you don't need to market yourself your clients just find you and we see this a lot with spirituality coaches as well it's like gaslighting your audience they're like well my ideal clients always find me and they're ready to pay because they're this type of person so you start putting these subconscious demands into your audience that are like oh my my ideal client is somebody who actually cares about themselves who actually wants to build a future for themselves and they're ready to get on the phone with me right now and pay and so now these people are looking at these these prerequisites and going well like i I do care about myself i do want my future and okay so i guess i'll hop on the phone and then they're on the phone and they're going. Well, I thought you said that you were this type of person. I thought you were doing that. Like, you're my ideal client. So why are you saying no on the price? And then you're just gaslighting these people to buy from you. And then those people never never become successful. And then what happened? You get a bad reputation. People start talking <laughs> about being in your being in your coaching. And it didn't work, or you know what whatever. And that's that's going to happen no matter what service you're in. You know, there's people who will tell you I changed their lives. There's people who will tell you I ruined their lives. Right. Same fact, two different realities. People get too hung up on that and it stops them from growing.
1: I mean, again, if the shoe fits and I think I worry like, oh my, not all my clients are going to be that successful. So like, oh man, like that reputation, I know that reputation means a lot. It can carry, it carries a lot of weight. And so, but just, just trusting that, Hey man, you know, Hey Ben, we, we got this, we got, we got skills. You know, you've you've messed up before, but you've learned from those fuck ups, right? You, unfortunately, those those clients, not every single client's gonna be have success, but every every single one of those clients is gonna ultimately make me be a better coach, which is unfortunate in some ways. Um, it also makes them a better person if they're able to look at it that way, right? Mm-hmm. If they're able to say, "Oh shit," well, I learned that. Uh, maybe that this coach isn't for me, and online coaching isn't for me, or what, whatever their their takeaway is. Both individuals learn just as much as both individuals learn from a success, a quote unquote successful um, coaching experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. I
1: guess these are realizations that, I, that I'm making out, out loud. That's um, fine. Things that let, that let it happen these are things that you have that I guess have already experienced and learned. And it's, it's again, how old are you?
0: 29.
1: Okay. So, you know, I mean, yeah, about the same age and you've seen insane. I mean, from what I, I would say a lot of success at a very early age. And there was always this, these people around me that were saying, Hey man, you're too young for, You're too young for that. You're still so young. You don't understand yet. you got to wait a long time to be successful. It's like, for fucking what? Why? Why do you have to be so young? It's ridiculous.
0: Here's a question I always ask myself when I ask anybody else who says, oh, I need to ask this person what they think or this. or I, I need to talk to my parents. Okay, would you trade your life or your bank account with that person? No? Okay, then stop worrying what they say. That's the scope I've always lived my life through. Would I trade my life for yours or would I trade my bank account for yours? And if not, I'm going to give very little merit to what you have advice-wise about the direction of my business, my wealth, and my investments. What you, the poorest people have the loudest advice. Oh, you made money. Oh, you know, you should Oh, you put it in the s p 500. Make sure you buy, you know, put it in the stock market so that you can really, ma-. it's like, n- no, shut up. It's always there. So I always instead, ground myself.
1: Instead, instead, learn a skill.
0: Instead, learn a skill. Now, um, Alex Amozzi has this funny thing where he says, I invest in the SNME 500 instead of the S&P 500. Basically, all the money when you're first starting, you put it back into yourself, buy mentors, buy, buy masterminds, buy all of these things, develop your capacity. This is something that I really did not understand the concept of like the first five years as an entrepreneur. I was I would just hoard my money. I would have just hoard it, and I always see people like, no, invest in yourself so that you develop a, like a more well rounded approach. Because when you become more valuable, you can charge more money. And I was like, how can I charge more money as a fitness coach? Right, like that it, it doesn't it doesn't apply to me. I'm a personal trainer. I'm a gym owner. So how could me go learning a new skill make me more money? So I wasn't asking myself the right question. Right, what skill could I go learn that would allow me to? vertically integrate my services, have a higher lifetime value of customer, make more money, serve them better, et cetera. You know, and a a great example of this is let's say you have a real estate company that buys and buys and flips homes. Right. So let's just say we buy and flip houses and then we go, man, how can we increase our profit margins or how can we improve ourselves? It's like, well, well, why don't we? start a solar company. Cool. Now every house that we flip, we put solar on it. We make a, I make commission from the solar that I install from my own company on my own property to save my property electric and now I'll take the commission I make from the solar and I'll go use it to buy the next property. And then I can just rinse and repeat that process all day long. Now what if things need improvements? Well, what if I start a roofing company? And now I put all the new roofings on all my new homes before the solar. So now because I have this roofing company, I'm getting roofing materials at wholesale pricing and I can sell it to my, my home flipping company at wholesale pricing. So I'm breaking even over here, but I'm saving money over here and now I'm putting solar on it. So now this whole thing I make, I spend less and I still continue to make more. But those are the types of ways of thinking I did not understand until very later on. Cost me a lot of money.
1: What classes, did you have mentors or did you take classes?
0: I've, I've mentored under a a lot of people. I love, I love, I mean, I'll book a call with somebody (laughs) just standing. I'm like, can I get an hour of your time? How much is it? Most of these people have websites where you can book an hour of their time. You know, I've, I've booked many times I've seen and and spoken with John C. Maxwell a ton. I've booked time with Grant Cardone. I have worked with a lot of people that I say, man, I mean, they're killing it with either marketing or the way that their brain thinks. And even if they're not in my same industry, you know, and I, I did mentor under some amazing fitness coaches in the day to like reinforce my skill set. but it was looking at these people and saying, you know, what, what about them do I admire? And what would I like to pick their brain about? And if it was everything I was like, Oh, what's the cost? You know, like, what's the price? I think that people have a hard time investing in that when they don't trust themselves with the information that they're <coughs> going to learn. I think that's the caveat, because if because you know for Grant Cardone it's forty thousand dollars for an hour of his time. So somebody can go that there's no that's so stupid. How dare he you know, charge that much? Blah 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 blah. Or you can say, okay, if I'm putting forty thousand dollars in, I know without a shadow of a doubt that if I bring the right questions to this meeting for forty thousand dollars, that I will make four hundred thousand dollars from that investment. But if you don't feel that way about yourself, doesn't matter what mastermind you you enter. It doesn't matter what coach you have. It doesn't matter who you hop on a phone call with because you haven't reinforced, reinforced your inner belief in yourself and the trust in yourself to take that investment that you make and go make more money from it. So you'll always convince yourself out of making an investment in yourself. Earlier
1: you said that there were more character traits that people have coming to you that make them not successful than people that, that make them successful, right? So people who who are successful have these, these certain character traits or skills. What are some of those specific character traits and skills that successful people have?
0: The ability to endure is number one, the ability to endure the willingness to, Actively and consistently put yourself in discomfort every day. And I know that sounds a little bit away from business, and some people may argue against this, but we all have that voice in the back of our head. We all have that voice that tells you stay in bed, don't get up, it's too cold, you're not worthy, you can't do this, they're not going to buy from you, you're too stupid, you're not pretty, All, all of these things. So That's, that's the same voice. The second you feel uncomfortable and something disrupts your comfort level in business that you retreat, it convinces you to give up. So for me, I have to, I have to, and I see the similarity with everybody else I'm with that's successful. I have to meet that voice head on first thing to start my day. And I have to show it and remind myself and it that I'm in charge for me that looks like running now. It changes. It it used to be holding air squats first thing in the morning. Now it's running. I fucking hate running. And, but I go out first thing in the morning, it's 35 degrees outside in Eugene, Oregon. And I go for this run and I hear the voice in my head, the whole, you got to turn back. You're too tired. You didn't stretch. It's too cold. And I'm like, damn, now I got to run twice as far because when that voice tells me to turn away, I got to I got, I'm going twice as far now. So that voice knows the second you bitch, I do twice as much. And so I overcome that and I, I actively seek out discomfort so that discomfort, when discomfort pops up in a business situation, it doesn't derail me. Okay. Number The, the next one is understanding that motivation does not equate to transformation. I'm going to say that again. Motivation does not equal transformation. People think that the second they're motivated, like, I'm going to start this business. I feel amazing. I just listened to this speech or I just listened to a podcast. I'm changed. No, you're not. Because in a week, you're back to it. And now the self-pity starts again. So we realize, or the people who are successful realize that motivation is a great wave to ride to get you a little bit higher but it still needs to be reinforced by your obsession, by your discipline and what your purpose is. Otherwise, you're just gonna go up, and you're gonna fall right back down. You're gonna go up and you're gonna fall right back down, and then you're never gonna get anywhere, right? The Next one is not allowing outside people's opinions to dictate how you are. Um, Not being afraid of money. And afraid is I'm afraid to have it or I'm afraid to lose it. Afraid, any context around money, You're going to get stomped out because you won't think clearly. Your life force energy is is clamped up. You're not able to be grounded, you know. And then, obviously, the piggybacking off of that is another trait is being able to stay grounded with your decisions, what's happening outside of you, what (coughs) your what your process is, and really accepting the fact that you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And some people literally would rather see you die than succeed. I think that's one of the number 1 things is having that that thick skin. Because if you really want to change the world, if you really want to help people on a really hard level, you got to understand that your messaging is going to be triggering and people either get triggered in offense or evolution and 90% of people are going to take offense. If you don't have the thick skin, if you don't believe in yourself, if you're not actively seeking discomfort, the second you get some Instagram comments that say you're a piece of shit, you're going to give up. So those are the those are the some of the traits that I think people need.
1: Those are good ones. Those are good, really good ones. I like the last one the most, having thick skin. Yep, having thick skin seems seems to be
0: missing. When, everywhere. when
1: other people. When other people are put in discomfort, then their immediate reaction is to lash out, right? They wanna like like oh like they wanna fight. They wanna fight that discomfort, so then they're more likely to say some nasty shit and yep. rather than look a little bit inside like, oh shit, that that actually was maybe right or yep. or real or whatever whatever that, that, that may be. But
0: I think it's that's it, it, their- it's like, am I willing to Assess a situation, speak my belief, fully trusting that belief. And am I able and willing to have opposing evidence presented to me that then makes me or like allows me to change my mind and me be okay with that? Because we, we will, we, people would rather be right than, than get the truth. People would rather prove you wrong when you're proving them wrong instead of actually looking for the truth. So I think that being able to say, hey, this is my belief, this is my stance, this is what I fight for, and if somebody was like, hey, here is it. unirrevocable proof that what you're saying is actually wrong, am I able to take that and say, wow, you know what? Hey, guys, new information has been presented to me, and I've actually changed my stance a little bit. I'm actually, I actually feel as if it's more this way. That's hard to do.
1: Surrounding yourself with people that are able to do that and realizing that the people that you're around aren't that whenever they are confronted is, I think, a good sign that you got to either step away or find find the next place or find the next thing, right?
0: So um, you're, I mean, you're always going to outgrow people. That's life. It doesn't necessarily mean that anybody in your life is doing something wrong. If I look around my my old group of friends – Love them all to death. Every time I go home, we, we all hang out. We have a good time. But is that a group of friends that are on the same path as me? No. Does that mean that they're doing anything wrong? No. Does it mean that I think I'm better than them? No. It just means there's two completely different paths and I need to be around a certain environment that supports the current path that I'm on. You know, just because something needs to change or needs to be improved doesn't necessarily mean that anything about it is wrong.
1: there is no right or wrong. It just is. You can accept it and then either move on or live in it.
0: Sure. Also a great, also a great perspective.
1: I appreciate your time, man. I mean, I wish I, I don't know if you have any, I have, I don't really have any questions for you, but I
0: mean, well, uh, cool, man, I mean, that was, I mean, we're, we're almost two hours in. I think mean, that's a good amount of time.
1: That's good. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, anything, and you've, you've kind of, you we kind of know what you do, but I, I mean, do you want to plug anything before you, you, you sign off?
0: Well, I mean, if anybody wants to, you know, if anybody resonates with anything that I'm saying and you know is wanting to build that life for themselves or have that that support for self mastery, they can sign up for the Impact Legacy Mastermind, or they can fill out an application and we'll hop on a phone and see if they're actually a good fit because we don't we don't just let anybody with money in. But that's that's pretty much my only offer outside of that. You know, people can find me on my Instagram, and if they want to work with me, they can message me. Sweet. Yeah.
1: Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to turn off the call. I'm going to chat with you real quick right after.
0: Cool. Thank you for listening to the Ben Navratto's podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and all other major podcast hosting platforms. Be sure to leave us a five star review on iTunes.